Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest offers. So that was the third attempt at the uh, intro there. Giggles and Shawnee said it was not coming through great on the other line, so I had to start again. I think the problem was at their side, but that's okay. Delighted to have uh, Giggles along with us here this evening. Giggles is sporting a beautiful blue and white stripy top. What for colours on tonight? Welcome along, Giggles. We couldn't have you sounding badly, I'm sure, you know. The main man, the, the ego of the show. <laughs> but good to be here. <laughs> 100% giggles. That is 100% right. I have to sound the best. Um, also delighted to have Shawnee along. Shawnee sporting a lovely black Adidas sweatshirt. Welcome along, Shawnee. Thanks, Liam. Um, yeah, just the old, uh, the old casual wear on today. The usual, I guess, office wear at the moment for these uh, lockdown times. I see you're sporting a nice North Face top yourself. A bit like the Premier Daniel Andrews at the moment. Yeah, just remember, we, we should be wearing our Neil's gear <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're not promoting our face, right? Cut this bit out, team. <laughs> <laughs> just, Start again. I actually Start ha- again. Oh, it's okay. I've actually got my O'Neill's borough top on underneath, so I'm okay. I always have a backup, just in case. Um, But yeah, <laughs> uh, just had a, an extra layer on for warmth there. But yeah, um, great to be back here again this evening. Um, Yeah, we are still here lock- in lockdown in Melbourne. We're in week four of our extreme lockdown. But uh, it's all trending in the right direction at the moment. We're around the same. We actually probably less case numbers in Ireland the last couple of days. So um, hopefully we're we're trending downwards. While you know, hopefully Ireland doesn't start to trend upwards further. But um, yeah, a lot's happened since we last spoke uh, last week. We we had Jack Anderson on, uh, professor of sports law, and we we're talking about you know what do we think is coming. Then all of a sudden it went from you know two hundred people allowed being at a match to games behind closed doors and only 80 people including all panels and officials in a game within 24 hours of us doing the podcast so it's like we said it was it's such a dynamic situation and, and you know it was weird watching the games at the weekend we'll touch on it in, in, in further segments but uh, like 200 at a game with streaming there was somewhat of an atmosphere no one at the games like the atmosphere completely gone it's just you know it's crazy how much that's changed in, in such a short space of time but um, on today's show, we are going to we have a special guest coming on, Shawnee, from Western Australia. Yeah, we've got Carl Hart from Western Australia, who's going to come in talk all things um, from Perth, um, how the championship is going there, and how his native um, Tommy Larkins back in Galway have gone this year. Thanks, Shawnee, and we and we've also going to look back at the club scene at the weekend. There was obviously our first county final in Wexford, um, and big big weekend of action in counties Waterford, Kilkenny, Galway, and also a bit of action in Cork as well. Um, and then we're going to finish up with a, with a giggles corner. But we we did get a couple of um bits of feedback in from the podcast from the last week. So, uh, first in was a tweet we got from um James S at J underscore Slatman. Um, I certainly agree that the Sunday Independent have a huge influence in forming many people's opinions on sporting matters in GEA. That was in relation, I think, to a point that Jack made that the, the GEA often re- react to what's written in the Sunday Independent. So thanks for getting in touch, James. I know James has been on to us before. Um, I think you got a message in as well, Shawnee. Yeah, I got a, I got a message in from former Gary Owen man and uh, current Dix, Dixborough um, junior e-manager, uh, Shawnee, two things for certain regarding the Melbourne Sevens is one, the warm weather, and number two, Brian Vaughan in a New South Wales polo shirt, regardless of how hot it is. 
Um, he said he's the Mick, Ma Mick Malthouse of New South Wales GA. So that's a, that's a, that's a compliment, Brian. I'll be taking that as. Um, I hope you're keeping well. We had a heartbreak in the junior junior E final, uh, losing out to John Muckley uh, side on Saturday evening, who was uh, coached by John Mulhall, another former Gary Owen man. We will bounce back though. Uh, great analysis of the club scene, lads. I'm just after watching the Waterford Club semi-final and not one of you discussed that last week. I don't recall Passage being mentioned in any of the show that you had. Ron Moore were fa favourites in the quarter-final and they beat him. Mount Sion favourites and then they beat him. Managed by Dixborough, Mickey Walsh too. That was from Conor so, O'Grady, yeah, I think. Fair Conor. Hmm? That was from Conor O'Grady, Dixborough yeah. man. Giggles, any any response to the, the you're a Waterford man on the ground in Melbourne? <laughs> Coverage of the passage of yeah, passage. No, no, no response. Passage are passage are the, are the dark horses. They were definitely outsiders in all of their games. Um, but they've got they they were in the county final I think last in 2016. They won it. They're the last club to win it in 2013. Our own Mark Wise was a member of that team, full back on that team. Um. And they've got that they don't have that many new players. They, they still have that spine of 2013. They have a few young guys in the forwards, but look, um, from what I saw, Bally Gunner at the weekend, we'll get into it later on. I don't think there'll be any beating Bally Gunner. Okay, thanks for getting in touch, Connor. Um, also got a message in from uh Richie, he's been in touch with us before. Was, I think he's picking up on I think Giggles and Shawnee's points around the, the structure of the Kilkenny Championship. Um, Okay, it's a long message, in, but but essentially saying that the value of the Kilkenny Championship and the way it's structured is that you know they don't overstack the number of senior teams or intermediate teams, and you know that it is a very good championship and that can be seen in the amount of teams that get to the All Ireland finals in all grades from junior, intermediate, and senior, and the number of Kilkenny teams have won those All Ireland club championships in the last ten to fifteen years, um, and that another we can see that one of the points made as you know. Tullerone were the intermediate All-Ireland champions and they drew with the All-Ireland Senior Club champions Ballyhale in the first down to the Kenny Senior League Championship and they're very competitive whereas there's a huge gap in other counties between intermediate and senior um, i.e. Bally Sagart and Waterford and you know, you know St. Hanton Dublin two examples I think that was you know, just a Yeah that's a fair that's a, that's a fair point and it, and it is, is pretty it's pr pretty obvious I guess when you see Kenny club teams in, in All-Ireland Championships and that's definitely one thing is they do keep, I guess, the standard closer together than, than other counties. But that's a lot of that, I guess, another point you could argue is they don't do anything else only hurling in, in Kilkenny. So there's like bigger counties like Cork, Dublin, Galway have much more different sports that, you know, probably influence the golf and that. But yeah, it is a fair point. Yeah, it's probably the most accurate point. As but well. it's, inter it's interesting, Shawnee, if you think about it, right? You talk about the junior All Ireland winners coming from Kilkenny, and the junior All Ireland, the junior champions in Kilkenny are the twenty fifth best team in Kilkenny. That's just that's the like the twenty fifth best team in Tipperary and the twenty fifth best team in Galway are actually senior teams. So it, it yeah. kind of goes to the fairness of the championship. I wouldn't be compared with Warford as the Kilkenny championship as a lot stronger than Warford, but when you compare Cork and Tip and Galway, who have big senior teams, and it's it's all about what's better. Once it gets to that intermediate and junior All Ireland final level, it's not really eleven playing field because Tullerone were the thirteenth best team in in Kilkenny last year, as an example, and they might be coming up against the thirty fifth best team in Tipperary or the 
27th best team in Galway, you know, as, as a point. So I don't know. I don't know I by 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 just adding up the teams and then saying that by by them being the top team in the pre in the tier below makes them, you know, the next number. If you look at some of those counties, relegation. I think in Cork, as I know, it's still the same. Shawnee relegation is is optional in some of those counties where you can go down if you want to go down, or you can stay up in some of these counties. No, no, they've restructured so restructured. relegation is, is, okay. yeah, it's only been in there for the last five or six oh, probably seven or eight years seven or eight years yeah and I feel like yeah like Tipperary for instance have like way more senior clubs than Kilkenny but really they're, if you look at those clubs they're not they're not probably senior clubs you know like some of those teams they're not as senior quality that's just, that's just proving my point team because they should be intermediate and they might be intermediate quality and they might yeah. be able to run a better game I, I, I think the Kilkenny way they've structured is, is really good because it makes it really competitive. It's like the old league scenario where you had the top six teams in the league in Division 1 and then Division 1 was a little bit weaker, 1B, whatever they called it. Uh, I, I think the number of teams Kilkenny have absolutely nailed on the head because it keeps it so competitive. But just that lad's point around the intermediate and juniors winning it, they have a bit of an unfair advantage when it comes to that because it's their 13th best team and their 25th best team yeah. against could be a lower number down in, in different counties. The other point about Kilkenny as well is it is actually a small county. We don't have that many clubs. We actually only have forty odd clubs in the whole county. So like they are just they're just we have senior intermediate and junior as the three the top three tiers and then we have you know, the junior A's and the junior B's and C's. But like that's just whereas in Cork how many divisions do you have or tip rate you know I know it's, it's oh, Cork is Cork and are huge. You know, yeah. huge. You know, we're, the county all comes into it as well. Yeah, you know, we're actually a very, very small county. So don't cry, don't cry the poor county now in Kilkenny. They get lost with that kind of crap. Well, that's true. Like, but anyway, that's, that's true. Oh, it's yeah. true. That's what I'm saying. I'm punching above her weight, really. <laughs> hanging in there. Um, but, uh, you, have, you, have 200, you have 258 clubs, I think, in Cork. Yeah, there you go. Like, so, I mean, there's a huge gulf there. Huge. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think that was all the feedback. In please get in touch again on Gda on Twitter and Instagram and gadaga at gmail.com Well, let's get our let's get our first guest on for this evening. Um, across across the country for four or five hour flight from Melbourne all the way in Western Australia. Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave So thank you. Uh, welcome back. We've got um, Gabriel's man from WA, Cahill Hart, with us now. He's formerly of uh, Tommy Larkins in Galway. Welcome, Cahill. How's it going? Very good, Carl. Um, how are all things going in uh, WA at the moment with the, the COVID crisis and how is the hurling championship, I guess, more importantly going on over there at the moment? Yeah, well, we're pretty lucky over here. It's, we're kind of in our own little bubble. Um, we didn't really have a really bad lockdown. We, were, um, we only kind of postponed our championship for about two months and um, we got the go-ahead then in June. And we had a short pre-season and we're back hurling at the start of July there, pretty normal. And um, we had to run it off pretty fast because um, we rent out our pitch from the council, so we only have it for a certain amount of time. But um, the league is over now. The league final was there Saturday after six rounds of hurling. And um, SARS 
won it this year. They bet Shamrocks there in the final. And um, but it's pretty normal over here. We're, we're pretty lucky with the hard border. It's kind of um, there's been no community infection, so the restrictions aren't too harsh on us at all. Yeah, yeah, we see that. All right. Um, in terms of, I guess, a couple of years ago, the, the mining boom, I guess, would have had a lot of Irish people over there. And we've seen that when we were over for the state games, that there was such a high attendance, I guess, in GA numbers over there. How has it been since? And had, did you lose any in terms of the COVID or how have numbers stabilised since, I guess, the exodus from the mining boom? Well, on, yeah, well, the last two years, um, I suppose the average age of the the players have, has gone up because it's the people that have settled here that stayed hurling. We have lost a few, that, especially last year. A lot of lads went home and camogie girls as well. And um, this year we lost a few young lads, I suppose, people on backpacking that just decided they couldn't afford to stay here. So they've, they've, they've flew home, but... We've actually picked up a few numbers lately from people coming from over east. Um, before the hard border came in, um, we had an influx of a good few players for, I think, most the four clubs picked up someone. Um, lucky enough, we, we picked up a few as well because we were struggling for numbers at the start of the year. But um, most clubs now are pretty strong. Yeah. Lucky enough, um, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's funny, Carl. Obviously, like you know, like for people back back at home and, and listen anywhere around the world, like Australia is such a massive country, and it still blows my mind to get from Melbourne to to WA is nearly a five hour flight, um, and to to see that big exodus of of people, I look, it, it makes perfect sense. If you are a young backpacker or over here for a short term visa, you know, and this hit, it made sense to get over to Western Australia, such a beautiful part of the country. And I suppose you're very fortunate you've picked up those players. Any of the, the marquee players you, you've picked up from this side, of the, this side of the world? Yeah, well, I suppose Peter Duggan is the main player. Um, he's actually made a big impact on our club. Um, the likes of, uh, there's a good few of us that came out of retirement to go playing again <laughs> this year because of um, to play with someone who's actually county level is it's pretty good and the training has improved a lot and even the other clubs have kind of raised their standard playing against them. You have a few older players from other clubs that have come out of the woodwork again this year now. So um, it's that's probably been the biggest pickup we've got, lucky enough. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Um, he's, um, he's enjoying it over here as well. And, um, yeah, the, the other clubs... Uh, are pretty gung ho and trying to keep them quiet, but they're finding it hard. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, what was your What was your connection with Peter, Kyle? How did so you manage to two, wrangle him as opposed to Sarsfields? Yeah, well, um, lucky enough, two of our players are from the same club as Peter, um, Ryan O'Neill and Sean Kennedy. Sean Kennedy would be um, he would have hurled with Gabriel's for the last eight nine years, but Ryan came out a few years ago, hurled one or two years and moved home, but he moved back and um, I suppose got on to Peter and kind of trying to help him out with his regional work as well. And um, that's oh, how yeah. 
he wanted to play with his um he's never played with them, I don't think. So it was nice for him to play with two of his club mates. Yeah, so we're lucky enough I know Sean because, Con- Yeah. Sean Connedy yeah. was actually in school in my class in school, so and actually he was oh, two years ahead of me, so he's about thirty eight or thirty nine, I think you'd say, is he? Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's been <laughs> he's strapped together trying to get him out of the pitch this year. And tell me, have you have you got a chance? Have you got a good chance now in the championship with Peter on board? Do you, do you fancy your chances in knocking Sarsfields off their perch? Yeah, well, Sarsfields had a strong league campaign, um, but the last two matches we played them in the second last match, and it was we were ahead for most of the match, and but they came home strong and bet us by a goal, which was um, a big confidence boost for us to be so competitive with their kind of the 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 mark over here for the last few years if you beat them you probably win a championship so that kind of boosted our team morale now and we're we're getting good numbers down it's two weeks time is the semi-finals of the championship but we've to get past shamrocks first and uh western swans are playing sarsfields in the other semi-final with western swans have a few players coming back so they might give sars a rattle as well it, it's a, good, it's a, it's a, it's amazing what the difference a marquee player makes to a competition. You know, we've been lucky in Melbourne as well. Yeah. We had Aaron Cunningham out as well playing um in Melbourne for the last couple of years. He went home this year, but like it just, I think it lifts everyone. Everyone wants to have a crack at him. Brings all the teammates yeah. along as well, and yeah, it does definitely lift. It lifts the standard. It's amazing what it does. Um, and Peter obviously phenomenal player as well, and to have him. Playing over WA now is it's great to see. Great to see. Um, and to great to see your numbers are coming back up as well, and you're benefiting from the lockdown, obviously here that your the competition, the standards going back up, Carl. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, because the last couple of years, the kind of, the standard did drop off a bit, and um, but this year, the apart from the first two weeks, I suppose just. After such a long layoff, the standard wasn't great, but the last few weeks you can just see the teams lifting and getting ready for championship. And Carl, obviously, Gorgigas Galway Championship. I, I was just going to say to you, you're Tommy Larkins, man, and you, you've been in the shake-up for the last couple of years. Carl, who do you yeah. fancy in the Galway Championship this year? Yeah, we were lucky at the weekend. We got knocked out in points difference. Lockray scored the last puck of the game I think so we missed out by a point but um, I think uh, St. Thomas's are looking really strong again the likes of Turlock and I I, I tipped them to really to be in the final um, yeah, Thomas has gave, at- gave Pertumna a good beating at the weekend it was pretty scary I'm just looking at the table here Lockery and Tommy Larkins and Cabotagal all finished on four points Capitagal on plus seven, Lockray and Tommy Larkin both on plus five, but Lockray had scored more and conceded and conceded more, so they went through and yeah. scored more. And Larkin's route, yeah. geez, that's a sick now. Yeah, yeah. Seemingly, it was the last puck of the game as well, so it's pretty sickening. But <laughs> it's hurling. <laughs> Have you been tuning in on the streaming at home, Carl? I have um, the Friday night game. Um, I have, but the Sundays are a bit too late, and uh, it's a good social scene over here on a Sunday night. Yeah. So it is. 
So it's hard to tune in after a few drinks. <laughs> hard to tune in to anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's been keeping up. The live streaming has been good. Um, um, most clubs are streaming their teams, so it's good that way. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, we're just saying it's really put the focus back on the club at home, which has been fantastic and great entertainment for us as well, especially in, Me- in Melbourne during this lockdown period we're getting our, our fill of club games Friday till Sunday. Um, but look, yeah, no, it's great having you on and giving us the update how things are going over in Western Australia. And we're, we won't lie, we're very jealous that you're all hurling away. We've had people on from New South Wales as well, and it's just crazy being here in Melbourne and the rest of Australia is up and running. And even watching you guys, like there's live, you know, Aussie rules football games in in Perth and like big crowds. It's like it's a completely different world. So enjoy that as hopefully it lasts, continues to last, and you know you're living your normal lives there. Enjoy the hurling. I will, yeah. Thanks a million. Hopefully, fingers crossed that we all sorted out over here. Bit of wishing you a bit of luck over there, which the way it's going. But um, hopefully, it's we're lucky enough over here, all right. But um, it's looking up, anyways, for us. But hopefully, it'll change for you too soon. Hopefully, we'll see you over for the sevens in February. Yeah, that that could be. With no states this year, I'd say you could get a few clubs over if yeah. the restrictions are lifted. Please, God. Thanks so much for making the time, Colin. Right. Mind yourself. No problem. Take care. All right, we'll chat you. Uh-huh. Good, bye bye. Good luck. Bye. Right. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walked the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and it's just, there's nothing like coming back there. Like. The one the fancy oh, open top bus line, I think we had Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and really, yeah. up, up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. God, like they're just living a completely normal life over in there, over in part. It's unbe- unbelievable. Hurling, going to footy matches, just like literally no restrictions over there. Different world altogether. I was talking to Brian Hagerty, who was a carry tool man over in WA, trying to get Cahill on here. And he was, uh, he was on his Monday, Monday evening, had a few points after work. There was no restrictions. There was people roaring and shouting in the background. I'd say they're, uh, they're on a different planet. Yeah, even the same. Giggles are moving downstairs here. I'm just getting a bit disoriented on my on Zoom. Sorry. Um, I even was looking at the weekend there. There's a full weekend of fixtures up in Sydney as well. And I seen, you know, St. Pat's. They're all in the pub after. I always saw it up on their Instagram. Like, just everyone sitting beside each other just looks so weird. Like, you know, you walk out the door here in Melbourne, you have a mask on, and you you might, you would very rarely you'll stop and talk to anyone. Never mind be sitting down beside someone. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. But, um, you have a bit of a thing for Sam Pat. You're, you're obviously no, I just you see him. Just yeah. see him on Instagram. Just come up on my page. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, Shawnee. I was about to do that. We'll have to transfer him up there altogether. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's in our club, Sam Pat's in Sydney. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if anyone is on St. Pat's, would, uh, well, actually, would Brian Vaughan ever send down a bit of a jersey, an O'Neill's jersey <sighs> for uh, Liam? Signed, signed by Brian Vaughan. Signed by the whole yeah. Pat's club. 140-odd yeah. club. Um, yeah, no, thanks. It was great to have great to have Cottle on there and, and hear things are heating up over in WA and the marquee signing is uh is is drawing the drawing the players back down to the field, which is, is great to hear. But obviously things are heating up back at home. We had our, our first county final at the weekend down in Wexford. Um 
Giggles, you were watching that one. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched most of it. Um, the Shell Milliers, who uh, a good friend of mine, Aidan Murphy, he retired two years from them, but he was full back or centre back, I think, on the team when they won the county back in 2014. And they've struggled for years because they've probably got of their senior panel. Let's say they're 24 in the senior panel. They probably have 20 dual players, and they won the football county in 2018. So the setup of the Wexford Championship really suited them, and. They actually played Navena in the group, believe it or not, and lost by a point. You know, when things were kicking off, I think it was their first match. And as I've been watching them, mostly highlights, but as I've been watching them going through for the last few weeks, they've really got an unbelievable game plan. And it's very Wexford-esque under the new Davy style, where they've got lots of long-range shooters. And chatting with my mate before the county final on the phone, he was saying they were spending 20, 25 minutes in training practicing shooting from 100 yards like just guess how crazy the, the the training methods are gone when you're when you've got a drill in training where you're practicing shooting from 100 yards but in the semi-final they got in the first half they got something like six or there was actually Brian Malone was the only defender in the semi-final who didn't score which is crazy so everyone of the five backs scored and the style of play that they had like everyone just has to look at that goal um that your man, it wasn't Banville scored. What was his name? It was Cash. Cash scored oh. the goal. It was, it was unbelievable hurling. Great ball up the line, caught by Banville, and who played an absolute peach of a pass right into the the running line of, of Cash, who stuck in the net. It was it was sensational stuff. And they had they look in truth, they won by six or seven points. They were probably fifteen or sixteen points better. Navena kept getting a few poxy goals just to keep them in it. Um, my mate's brother was in goal um, Nedzer's brother he won't be too happy with two of the goals he left in now to be fair but um, it was a it was a great win for Shemeliers the funny thing at the end of it then was how kind of maybe anticlimactic the whole thing was with them raising the cup in a in an empty stadium um, but look that's just par for course at the moment isn't it yeah it was weird seeing that the first one of that like empty no one in the stand and then the, the players still down below looking up at him and no one around him like you know what like you're county champions but you're not there with your parish all the people you've grown up with like those moments when you win the county final and have everyone around are such special times and you wonder what they're going to do to celebrate after you know like it's you wonder what it was back like back in Gemeliers that night what did it do like you know it's just you know it's just very very strange they actually they, 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 they're, they've got three little mini villages in the club of Gemeliers there's Screen Corraclough and Castlebridge and the bridge in Castlebridge uh all of the supporters lined out before the game in the morning to cheer off the team going off to the match, which was a very nice touch from a club, especially a small rural club. And look, by all accounts, there was a lot of meals had on, on, on Sunday night after the match. Yeah. <laughs> a few nine, nine euro meals and, and a load of points. And I'm sure they'll find some sort of a way to, to kind of get around the rules, given it's a rural, small rural parish. There's probably one guard in charge and... <laughs> He could be. He may or may not be on the panel. You never know. <laughs> you just don't want to see a cluster coming out of Wexford there in the next in the next week or so. But um, yeah, no, fantastic yeah. scenes and great to see. Obviously, seeing obviously Roar Club come through as, as county champions is always is always brilliant to see. Um, and yeah, first county final done and dusted. Um, and it's it's water for giggles wasn't to be for for Liz Moore on the weekend. I was uh. One I was tracking very closely. I was looking forward to watching, and actually, someone actually sent me through the result Sunday morning, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Did you get up and watch it live, or did you watch it on delay? 
No, I watched this at six in the morning. I said there's no point in getting up at half three. I'd ruin the weekend. <laughs> I definitely would have ruined it if I watched the match. Look, to, f- to be fair, the lads, Ballyguna were excellent, but the lads just never turned up at all. They they totally changed their their strategy from what looked to me from the for the first three games in that they played a sweeper in front of Daisy Hutchinson inside and. A team with the quality of Ballygunner just were able to play the ball through the lines far too easily. And the, the Lismore sweeper was not effective at all. It was actually null and void. In, in fact, Desi Hutchinson scored 2-7 from play in the first half, which kind of just shows the, the intelligence and the level of hurling Ballygunner were at. I think maybe in hindsight, if Lismore wanted to go back and look at their strategy, obviously they would do this now because they got such a beating, but they'd probably just go man for man and, and kind of continue with the big score and frenzies that they were putting up in the first three games as opposed to totally changing the tactics and it really kind of impacted on them up front as well because the Ballygunner six backs are excellent I think we talked about the Ballygunner backs last year and the year before in, in all Ireland semi-finals and Munster, Munster finals they're serious six backs so much so that a guy called Eddie Hayden sitting on the bench who was on the verge of the water panel a couple of years ago who can't get back in who got injured and when you've got that quality of six backs doesn't matter what forward line you have there's only five of them you, they weren't able to make any inroads into that and, and you could really see the impact of that. So did a nullified sweeper and one less forward up front, which was tactics that they hadn't employed all year. And I'm not saying that they would have beaten Ballygunner. I think Ballygunner are excellent. They're, they're a team of nearly county players. But they definitely impacted how they approached the game, I think. And uh, it was disappointing for this more. I know the lads would be very disappointed that they just didn't turn up on the day. But look, they gave us, they gave me in particular a great little kind of a, following to run for the last four weeks they've been playing excellent stuff and just pity that they lost the Ballygunner by so much in the manner that they did at the weekend and how did Morris go? that's the thing I'm, I think they all they all tried that. Morris made very little in road either he had six from six from six points one from play it was, it was like that. there was three backs around every player it wasn't just Morris like Jack Pendergast Ray Barry Oshin O'Gorman all like have played county senior for Watford or in and around that Pushing on the minors, and none of them could make any inroads because it was six literally intercounty backs. Like you got Philip Mahoney, Shane Sullivan, Barry Coughlin, Ian Kenny. You've serious backs there, uh, up against you know a club forward line with only five players in it. So it was it was just like the the best player for this morning today was a guy called Jordan Shanahan in midfield who scored four points, and they were just on balls. He picked up around the middle of the field, which is where the only bit of space was from a more perspective. And he, he hit four nice points. But yeah, it just wasn't to be for Lismore. I don't think any of them went out to intentionally play bad, but just didn't turn up as a team on the day. The That's probably, you know, it's one thing, I guess, you know, you just touched on it there as well as when you when you lose a game and you, you know, put up a performance. But if you lose a game and haven't, you know, got out of second gear, it's probably more disappointing, especially with, I guess, the, the scores that they racked up. And I know they probably... They didn't come up against a defensive unit like Ballygunner. We we've talked about this before. Is it like they've got it in defence and they've got it in attack? And I guess they have been one of the main club teams in Munster to challenge the Pearshig and the Limerick teams in the last few years. So you know they're up against a different calibre. It probably shows a bit of golf as well in terms of the the standard of Malford as well, where you know where people are at as well. Oh, we said this at the start of it, like that there was Ballygunner were at the top and then everybody else. It would be yeah. a great championship if Ballygunner weren't in it. You know, you'd have Delisal, Lismore, Mount Sain, Dungarvan, Formal Water, Abbeyside, you know, Passage. They could all beat each other on any given day, but the fact that Ballygunner are there with 
such a great structure. Like in fairness, they're a great club. They've won the last four minors in Waterford as well. So there's there's no letting up with them. <laughs> they they've got all their past players from the nineties and the noughties who won threes in a row and fours in a row in county finals, all invested back in from under sixes up. Like Paul Flynn and Fergal Hartley might be back with the under sixes now after managing the seniors last year, you know, and they kind of have that rotationary thing down in the club. So they're, they're very well set up. This more on the other hand, I think they have 23 players togged out in the senior panel. That's all they have. Dan, but Dan came on, Shane Heafy came on, um, probably the only two subs that they've used in the whole four games. So just kind of shows the difference in numbers with the big city teams and the small rural clubs as well sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you, don't, you think Ballygunner won't be big eagles? No, no, no chance. No chance. Okay. Wait. When's the county final for that? When's that day? It's, it's, Sunday against, it's, on, it's on Sunday against Passage, who had a big shock over Mount Zion. Like, so apparently there was a, week, uh, a huge wind in Welsh Park. I looked at the score at halftime. It was 17 points to 1-7 or something. After Mount Zion going 1-7 to 5 up, something like that. So Passage got something like 12 points out of out of, out of 13 before halftime. Um. Noel Connors was very effective at centre back. Killian Fitzgerald and Tommy Connors, who were both on the verge of the water panel, very good up front for passage. And a new guy, I think his name is Flynn. He hit seven or eight points. Some some of them from free, some of them from play. So like they they'd, they'd be in the same boat as this more. They'd have a very strong team, but they won't have the depth uh, to challenge Ballygunner next Sunday. Okay. All right, we'll have to tune in and see how how that one goes. Um, we always love an upset, so we'll see. We'll see, but it's not looking likely according to, to Giggles are man on the ground in the blue and white today. So hard luck to Liz Moore. Um, fingers crossed to be back again, stronger next year. Um, we had the league finals in Kilkenny at the weekend. Um, Dixborough playing all Aucklands. I know. I think Giggles, you tuned in and watched things. Shawnee, did you watch it as well, or was it just you, Giggles? No, I didn't I see it. Anyway. Yeah, sh- Giggles watched it. Yeah, so look. Um, it was a bit of a weird game. Like it went, went to extra time, and then went to penalties, and there was like seven minutes of injury time in like the first half and the second half. It was meant to be over like just after midnight on Saturday night. It wasn't over like quarter past one. It's absolutely wreck going to bed. But uh, great to see him finally get the win. Um, look, it's, I thought it was a pretty, it was a pretty good game from a, from Dixford point of view, and and just from a Kilkenny point of view, there was lots of Kilkenny players on show again: Hugh Lawler, Paddy Deegan, Killian Buckley. Um, Bill Sheen and a couple of more Kilkenny panellists with Aidan Nolan and Tom Kenny and also I say a few future Kilkenny panellists on the Auckland side two young teams it was a good competitive match Dixborough were six points up 20 minutes ago looking like they kind of had it sewn, sewn up and Auckland's kind of got a goal out of nowhere and then just kind of did all the hurling for the last 20 minutes and Dixborough probably lucky to hang on in the end um, and get and get the draw out of it um, but yeah Paddy Deegan Paddy Deegan had a shot you would have expected a man of his stature to score off his left hand side, his favourite left hand side in the last minute. They would have won it for all Oxens as well, and he put he drove away. It was a very bad miss. But I, I must say, I thought, I thought Dixborough looked the better team for the entire match. Um, Oxens did hang in there, and they got they took their opportunities maybe a little bit better. But Dixborough looked like a more cohesive, stronger team over the fifteen positions or over the course of the ninety minutes as, as it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a good game. Um, I think you know for the for Dixborough as well. Obviously, you know they're going in now to a, a quarter final. I'm kind of glad that they didn't just walk walk win by six points against the Auckland's because I think the Auckland's are going to feature heavily towards the end of it. So to kind of still get the win, but kind of get that bit of a shock as well, I, I think will be good and put them in good stead for the next couple of weeks. Kenny Buckley did get another knock to the head, a big cut under his cheek. 
he's got a few belts the last few weeks, but he's again moving very well and hurling well, which is great for Dixborough and fingers crossed, great for Kilkenny as well in October. Um and you know, Paddy Deegan was was up and about as well as well as Hugh Lawler. So it's yeah, it's good to see that the boys. boys and Deegan's after getting way bigger by the looks of it, is he Liam? He looked yeah. like a serious size of man on the pitch compared to more, even compared to Hugh Lawler when he was back beside him. Yeah, he's he after filling very out. wide. Like yeah, he is. He had had a, always had a big yeah. frame, but he has filled out a lot, definitely. Um, yeah, he's looking like it. he's he's still you know he's, he's still a young man. Um, actually, teaching my niece this year out in Clara National School, Paddy Deegan. Ah, but uh, yeah. Um, and and then we had there was the, the other the shield final as well of the league and then there was a host of the kind of the of the junior A B C D and E county finals of the weekend so it was a full weekend of games in Kilkenny and the first round is starts next weekend the the giggles and shine not quite sure about but it seems to be changing their mind now so it's first round slash um, relegation semi final for some and then just straight first round for others so all games for the senior are in Nolan Park. Um, for the rest of the championship, which is really good, which means they'll all be streamed online, and also all of them have to finish on the day. So, like you, you know, that's it, it is an interesting dynamic. Knowing that they're going to penalties, like the penalties was, I'll be honest, was crap on on Saturday night. It was just so like anti climax at the end, and well, Auckland's missed three there. like it was just, yeah, it was weird watching a match like that being settled on penalties. And actually, I was I, I go back to the Waterford Championship for a second, the intermediate, because Ballyduff Lower, who were Stephen Malumphy's club, were relegated last year. They were taking on Clash Morkinsale Beg in the Western Intermediate Final, and they went to extra time and went to penalties, and it actually went to the fifteenth penalty. So they, I think they all scored their first three each, then they all missed their three each, and then it went. It was, so it was in sudden death. Uh, the Clash More lad missed it anyway, and. Casey for Bally Duff step up and scored it and it was the opposite effect of what we were talking about Liam on the text messages where it's very dull and dour and the Kilkenny one people are kind of embarrassed winning by a penalty shootout the Bally Duff team it was like it was like they were running on to Dave O'Leary in 1990 mm-hmm. <laughs> there was huge scenes at, at the end of it and actually interestingly enough now in the county intermediate final in Warford this coming Sunday it's Ballyduff Duff Upper versus Ballyduff Duff Lower I've seen that that's the first time that's ever happened yeah I've seen that I've seen that there on a tweet said someone got <laughs> look at the poor commentator at the weekend commenting on that one by the Upper and Ballyduff Lower um, but yeah yeah so okay be a good weekend ahead of, like Kenny like uh, Ali Hill Shamrock's up against Rona Stieg James Ford against Mon Levat on the Saturday and then the Sunday we have the, the relegation slash first round Bennett's Bridge against Greg Baddy Cannell and Tullerone against Aaron's own. So they'll all they'll all be good games. So I'm gonna be tuning into all of them. I'll watch two of them live or at eleven o'clock and then the others are at like four in the morning. So I'll watch them the next day. But yeah, look looking looking forward to that. Um and Shawnee, you're up up and about in Cork. You had one game at the weekend. Did you tune in and watch that? In McKilly? I did. I I tuned in to watch my uh, all division uh in McKilly. Um they were dethroned as champions of Cork uh, at the, on uh, Sunday. I watched it there on Monday morning before I started a bit of work. Um, yeah, it was look, it wasn't overly surprising either. I guess like they're down a lot of a lot of uh, players from who when they had reshuffled the senior championship this year, they got senior B and they've got premier or senior A and they got premier senior. So Klein moved up and that, so they're missing Paddy O'Sullivan. They're missing the Fader and boys who have gone up to senior as well. So Dalton was missing. Harnady was injured. So there's three. Your top forwards already gone out of the mix. Um, and I guess when and when when I heard Harnady was out before the game even started, I was like, I don't think they're going to beat UCC in this. 
on this um, thing and all. I thought who, they might who are the big names at UCC, Johnny? Huh? Who were the big names at UCC would have had? Um, Shane, what's his name from Kerry? Uh, oh, yeah. Snow, is it? Shane. Oh, Conway. Conway, yeah. yeah. Conway, yeah. Conway. He was actually, he, and he wasn't the most dangerous player for them, really. They had Paddy O'Loughlin centre-back from as well. Um, oh, yeah. They had, um, they had a guy actually from from uh, Abbeyside, wing forward. Uh, Monty, yeah, Montgomery. Monty, yeah. He was the most dangerous guy and, and caused him a killy fierce amount of tr- trouble. Um, what actually happened was, is like, Imikili have been the last couple of years have been playing really like a club team. They've been meeting up every week, training, you know, training matches every Monday night, you know, getting together as a group, making it more of a club kind of team rather than division. And they've because of the COVID now and the restrictions like that, they haven't been able to meet up. And as the great game grew grew on, they actually got stronger and stronger. Like um, UCC got off to a six to point one, six points to one start and just blitzed them um and just kept ahead. Right up to the end, um, Kelly got a, a goal back in in um, in normal time uh, to draw it up, and then and then UCC just turned around and popped over three points unanswered and just pulled away. But um, yeah, look, it's Imikili are out now. I think I kind of thought anyway it would be down to the likes as I said last week, Sars, Middleton, Blackrock, um, the Glen. There, it's going to be down to that, them now at the moment. So to win it, they're on next weekend. Uh, so it's the group stages on that now this weekend. Um, I'd say Sars and Middleton be out of Group A. Group B, you'll probably have Blackrock will qualify. I think it's down to Aaron Zond in or uh, Newtown, who will come runners up in that one. And then you have in the other group is the Glen, the Pierce, Carrie Tool, St. Finbar. So the Glen, the Glen and the Pierce, you see, come out of that. And uh, St. Finbar's actually notably have gotten rid of their. Uh, management team in the middle of the season so they gotten rid of Aidan Fitzpatrick and Alan McCarthy and they brought in George Cunningham to manage him which is a bit of a strange move in the middle of the season so they're trying to beat Carrie Tool this weekend to avoid relegation battle um, my own club Water Garcia are out in the Premier Intermediate on Saturday things against Valley Rovers are top in the group so I'll be tuning in closely to that to see that we uh, get through unscathed and pro- progressing next Shawnee, bit of a funny one though, um, in McKilly and UCC, like two like kind of strange like teams, yeah. if you like, in the in the Cork Championship. I know UCC sometimes is not viewed particularly well with you know, you get players in from all over the country to play in the Cork County Championship, and then you have in McKilly being a divisional side. It's probably a unique thing in obviously Dublin has it with U C D, but you know, it's a unique thing in in Cork hurling with the divisional teams and UCC and CIT. Yeah, we used, I, as I said, I used to play with McKillie a lot and um, I used to love playing against UCC because they were always open games. It was like, it was like, it's like one of those Munster Championship games where it's just free scoring, you know, because the teams don't probably prepare as much as a club team would. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a shootout, it's a bit of a trial game, really. And it's real open hurling, so always fast and quick. You could be on anyone. I remember... Um, Marking Graham McCahey in one of my one of my days in uh, against UCC down in Glamour, and like they had they had loads of um, intercounty stars. Tommy Walsh played with them mm. one year against Klein, remember in the park, um, and and that's the that's the beauty with UCC. With McKillie, you kind of know who you have because you know the area and you know the clubs. With UCC, it depends on who's going to turn up, yeah, and who's going to travel down. Like a lot of the guys might have a championship game with their club in Kilkenny or Limerick or anywhere else, you know. 
on a Saturday and they might travel down to Corkton, you know, because they're back in college and play a champ- county championship game on the Sunday. But listen to Tom Kinney beforehand, he was even describing like, he even openly said, we don't train at all, we don't meet up. I mean, that's generally the way UCC roll. Um, and and they'll, they'll, they'll try and win the first few rounds of the championship and then they'll probably get together if, if they get a bit of momentum going. Yeah. But again, you, you don't. It's a real you know, unique one. That, yeah, it's a real unique one. Sorry? It's a real unique one. It's yeah. a real interesting one. Yeah. yeah, it's a real interesting one. Yeah. Um, in Galway then, Giggles, we had we had some action as well. Um, an outrageous score in the Port Humna game. We kind of had to double check it when I saw it. Was it what was it? Was it 438? Was that what it was? Yeah, 438 15 points, yeah. 438. Was it? Oh, 38 points yeah. in a... In a Amazing in how, how, how um, Port have gone as a club, isn't it? It's just, just shows you, like, when you've got that group of players and that bunch of players that you really have to capitalise, you know, when you're at the top of your game and, and win when you can win, like, because it can disappear very quickly. Well, it's, it's interesting now, even in Galway, if you take probably the two most successful Galway club teams ever and probably they're in the top five in the country, Portumna and Athenry, I think both will be playing in either senior B or intermediate next year. Um, after probably them sharing about eight All Ireland between the two clubs. Um, but Portumna one is very obvious. They're, they're a small village, small pool of players that came through at the right time, and now they're just struggling to kind of make up the numbers again. Um, but Ian's uh, giving us a stop printing, Shawnee. Shawnee's printing the whole time. Shawnee was printing out there um, as, he, as he's talking. It's it's nicely played. If you think about St Thomas's though, like they were, they they got the la- had to get a score in the last minute to beat Castlegar, who were actually knocked out of the weekend from another score in the last minute from uh, I think it was Liam Mellows. I, I haven't got that right now. I don't think. Let me just see the table here. Uh, it was no, it wasn't Liam Mellows. It was uh, Sarsfields. Excuse me. Um, and they they only beat Sarsfields by a point as well. So they like you've got Thomas's Sarsfields. Portumna and Castlegar, and I think all four clubs have won the All Ireland Club Championship in that group. Sarsfields in the days of Joe Cooney, Castlegar in the days of John Connolly, Portumna in the days of Joe Canning, and St Thomas's is recently 2012. So four All Ireland Club champions in the one group uh, in Galway. So that's the group of death, obviously. And St Thomas's and Sarsfields have just about come out of that. Turlock Moore were actually beaten. They were the team I kind of tipped at the start of it to kind of put up a shot. They're still true. They were true before the weekend. But Claren Bridge actually gave them a beating. Uh, I think it was 23 points to 17. And you'd have kind of Lee Mellows looking. Lee Mellows, they're, they're knocked out as well. Jeez, I've got this all over the place. So yeah, it'll be St. Thomas's and Turlock Moore are probably my two teams that will probably go, go as far as the final. But they're similar to Kilkenny Liam. There's a whole pile of, they're only into the quarterfinal stages and there's a few prelim relegation semifinals now that they've got through all the group games. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, a long way to go still there. So, yeah, there's just action all over the country at the moment um, and we're keeping a close eye on it and obviously be dipping into some of the other counties this weekend, especially we get to county final in Waterford, county final last weekend in Wexford. Um, it's getting it's getting very good and getting into the knockout games now around the, around the country as well. So, um, big weekend ahead. I think the only the only, the other, the other only interest there was like there was a good few games in Dublin and Clare. I won't go into them all, but the only interesting one out of Clare was actually that reschedule game between Cratlow and Aero Guinness which took place, and Cratlow were winning by about seven points, 
after 25 minutes and I that's when I was followed on Twitter and I thought, oh yeah, Cratlow will beat Airog handy enough as would be expected. And there was a capitulation. Airog went on a scored spree after that. And I'd, I'd love to know, hear from anyone from Cratlow if they had any information. I wonder, did do you know the impact of having five players with COVID-19 or five club members, whoever they were, were they starting players and did they fade because they didn't have that, that game time and maybe lack of training? Who's to know? But it's just an incest, interesting scenario because it's probably the only high-profile hurling one that we've seen so far. There's been a few football ones, but this is the only hurling one. So if any of the boys is listening or any of the Cratlow boys have been over here, Massey. Shoot us a message. Shout, yeah, love to know. Yeah. All right. I see him six-month range march down again in the Clare Championship as well at the weekend. Did anybody watch that? No, I didn't. I watched that as well. That was a poor game, Shawnee. Poor game. Yeah, it was. I thought it was very poor. Was that one on GA Go, was it? No, it was on the RT. The RT. RT. The Ballyhay game was probably a little bit better. Uh, Ballyhay looked like they were a decent... Uh, like, uh, I would, if watching all the clear games we gained, Ballyhay looked like the team to beat. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's it for the club scene um, for this week. Uh, we're coming up next. We have a Giggles Corner that is club-related. One single moment your whole life can turn round. Stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Look. Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. What have you got for Seagulls? Yeah, I, re- I reckon they should just play off a big blitz over a weekend for the Munster Club, Leinster Club, Ulster, Connacht and the All-Irelands and just have a winner of them all just for the sake of it. But if there's going to be no Munster, Leinster, Ulster, Connacht Championship and no All-Ireland Club, we're going to pick it. We're going to pick the winners here on our power ranking. So I, I gave an update maybe three or four weeks ago on who I thought were the top 10 teams. And I just readjusted that now based on what we've seen over the last four weeks. And so what I'll do is I'll just go from 10 to 1 and I'll tell you where, where they were in the last ranking. How does that sound, Dean? Sounds great, right. Kikos. Go. 10 to 1, go. Cool. First one, bring a big smile to your face, Liam. A new entrant on the chart. Hang on there, my battery's gone dead. Is the Dixborough. So they're league champions in Kilkenny. And they looked fairly impressive. They looked like one of the better teams in Kilkenny at the moment. So they're new onto the, the top 10. Um, Dixborough, number 10. In ninth place, we did no change, is Turles Arsfields. So Turles Arsfields have looked impressive in their games, but I don't think they've really been tested yet. It'll be interesting to see when the knockout comes into Prairie, how they fare out there. We've got another new entrant at number eight. That's Ballyhay from Clare, after watching them at the weekend. Like in their forward line, they've got Gary Brennan, who was on the show before, international footballer. They've got Niall DC, who's a great free taker. He's on the Clare panel. They've got one or two new young lads, and they've obviously got... Tony Kelly and then at the back they've got Jack Brown at centre back and Peter Flanagan at full back they've a, they've a fairly solid team now and they looked very impressive against Kilmeria I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they win the Clare Championship uh, in 7th place down 6 places from number 1 I've got Ballyhale Shamrocks I think they drew Tullerone they lost to uh, Lachlan's they had a handy game then to get themselves back into it they're down obviously Fenley from the retirement they're down Mullen and who else is missing, Liam? Colin Finley was injured last week, but I think he's probably be back for the weekend. 
Yeah, so they're, they're just not looking themselves. So they're down six places in a big move. Um, at sixth place, no change with Napiercing again. Just haven't seen as much of them, so they haven't moved from there. <clears throat> new, entrant, new entrant at number five, uh, the Chemeliers, the recently crowned Wexford champions. They played some seriously sexy hurling at the weekend. Um, some of the scores they got were fantastic. Whether it was long range, point scoring, or really, really well worked uh, goal scoring opportunities, and, and they took uh, a three of them. They, they just look like a team who maybe benefited seriously from having no football to focus on. And they, they're new entrant in the five. Number four, no change, Patrick's well. So they've topped their group. They look deadly. Dune looks like they had them beaten and Aaron Galan pops up in the last 60 seconds at 1-1. They just have threats from everywhere with Keane Lynch as well. Um, down one place from third to from second to third is Kula. So Kula had a big win at the weekend of the Dublin Championship. Um, they are true to the semi-final along with Lucan, Bally Bowden and Nafina, who are a young team who will be known for their football. But Kula had a big win, 126 to 214 against Bridget in a repeat of two years ago's final. They're back on track, but they did lose one of their group games, um, which is the reason why they're down. At number two, up three places from fifth, I have St. Thomas's. I think, look, the scoreline at the weekend probably influenced this a little bit, but they've topped their group. They're the only senior A team in Galway to win all their three group games. Um, they were in the All-Ireland final a couple of years ago. They won one back in 2012. And I've put a Waterford team at number one after watching them at the weekend, especially what they did to my own club. Ballygunner up two from third to number one. That's my power Speaking ranking for the moment. Eagles, come on. Almighty, you're taking this defeat very hard. They're not that good I at all. Know. Come on. I'd love to see Ballygunner against any of the teams that are left in there, the way they're playing at the moment. But anyway, that, that's my power <laughs> ranking, lads. Eagles, excellent power ranking. Great to see, great to see Dixborough scrape in there at number 10 as well. Um, in Kilkenny so they'll be, they'll be delighted with that the three teams that have lost out that aren't in the top 10 from the last one were Kilmacud Croaks who were unceremoniously dumped out of the Dublin Championship at the weekend Six Mile Bridge because I didn't think there were any great shakes at all watching them at the weekend and Turlock Moore who were beaten by Clarence Bridge I still fancy Turlock Moore for a good belt at the Galway title but look they lost at the weekend so they're, they're out and Dixborough are in any Limerick club? yeah two two the Beershig and Patrick's well. There's no cock club in it. No cock club in it, Sean. I wouldn't have a cock club in it. No, I wouldn't myself. Wouldn't yeah. myself. Yeah. It's too, too soft. Yeah. Too I soft. Watching the cock club championship, like, it's fast and all that, but, like, the physicality is just not there. The refereeing is, is, big, is a bigger worry than the actual lack of contact. It's really quick and really skillful, like, but... Uh, I don't know. I just UCC and Mickey the night again. It was just like the stuff they're blowing for freeze is just ridiculous yeah. altogether. Yeah. Well, and it, that transcends through to the county setup, and I think yeah, that's why we've seen Cork have been so poor in the last fifteen years. Like it will continue to be so if that uh, club scene stays as soft as it is. Um, Giggles, great to see those power rankings updated. Let's have another look um, next week, a quick top 10 to 1, depending on some of the results we see next week. Are you, are you running an Excel sheet? Is it weighted, is it? No, not all of my head. But what we do is we'll... We'll, we'll, um, we'll give it a few weeks again, Liam, to see how we go. We won't, we won't necessarily do it every week or we'll be 
just moving people one or two places. Okay, so we'll okay. Give it a few weeks and we'll come back again. We'll revisit in a few weeks. Excellent, excellent. Gig is going. You need to think about that. We'll leave it at leave Ballygunner number one for the week, I'd say. And we come back down now for next week. Oh, you think so? I think there could be an upset, Shawnee. An upset. Upset more. No, I don't think there'll be an upset, but like Giggles might get over the last of the weekend. I think he's just has has Ballygunner up on a pedestal now because he'd be ba- Ballygunner the greatest team to country now because they beat because they beat less more. Because they beat less more. Yeah. <laughs> they've won every single game they've played by more than ten points. <laughs> but should have, but this is the Waterford Championship, Giggles. It's not it's not like it's not a great championship. Compared <laughs> like compared to Limerick Limerick Championship, the Kilkenny Championship at the moment. I don't think they'd last too too long in them. Right. Uh, I, I think Ballygunner have beaten Patrick's well twice in the Munster Championship in the last few years. They were very lucky against the Piercing once. They were in the All Ireland semi final two years ago. Last year they got stung by Bar- Barcelona, a real kind of a Barcelona on, on a roll. Fancy Collins won't like me saying this, but Ballygunner left that one behind, and that would have been a real test for them. Everyone was looking forward to seeing Ballygunner go back against Ballyhay last year, and they just. They left it behind in the Munster Club final. Wasn't to be. We'll never know, Shani. That's why, that's, that's why, why I'm right on well, this topic. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, that's a fair point as well. Like, and, and like, not that he's right. It's not a fair point that he's right. <laughs> no, but like in, in terms of the fact that like, we'd love to see him you know, challenge. Look, the fact of the matter is they'd lost to, to Varsali and they didn't do the business. So. Yeah, and we won't um, see it this year. Just a, no. just a couple of quick things no. before we finish up. Uh, we touched on last week saying you know, what will happen with you know if we get COVID cases and counties when the inter-county scene steps up. Um, John Horn has come out and said essentially a county w- will just be asked to step aside. They said, look, we had that in back in the forties with foot and mouth to bring Kilkenny removed from an Ireland Championship. Um, th- if that comes up again, counties will be just struck out. Also, interestingly, some counties have come out and said. You know, financially, to Jack's point last week, they might not be able to field inter-county teams given that they've had no, um, I suppose, people coming in through the gates for club games. And the GA have come out and said that they might release funding to counties to ensure that they're able to field teams for inter-county championship. Um, and looking to borrow money as well that the GA don't have huge cash reserves because all the money that comes in goes back out the door again. So just interesting times that the GA are, are going to like uh, you know give loans to county boards to field teams and also might have to borrow themselves to fund some of this is just such strange times and then you had the, the Taoiseach came out as well during the week and said it would be great to see the inter-county season go ahead it would be a great boost for the country going into into the winter months and you know I think we we're, we're all accepting now all those games are going to be behind closed doors so we're in, we're in for a very strange time um, once the inter-county season starts back but to be honest with you like watching matches at the weekend, watching club games with no crowds at the weekend, yeah, it took from a little bit from no crowds, but you're still engrossed in the game itself. You know, I think if we're back watching a, you know, a Munster Championship game or a Leinster Championship game and it's, and it's a good game of hurling, will RTE and Sky do the fake crowd noise? I don't know. Will they? It'd be pretty hard for hurling. Um, but I'm I'm still really looking forward to it. So we'll, we just, fingers crossed, each week we, we get along, we're getting that bit closer to it. But... Numbers in Ireland are ticking up. Hopefully, they can just keep them down because we want to get that championship in. In before the cold. In before the cold. Well, look, I think that's it for today. We're coming up just on the hour. Please get in touch with us again. Any criticism of giggles, get him into Akadega on Twitter or Instagram, or also on Gadega at gmail.com. We'll be watching that Waterford County final with interest. No chance for passage. Dixborough man in charge, Mickey Welch. We wish him the best of luck. Johnny? On. Uh 
uh, under under Brian Vaughan versus um, versus uh, Damien Bow challenge of the weekend. Um, Sydney Shamrocks uh, beat um, your beloved St. Pat's of the weekend as well. See that. So, <laughs> See yeah. that on Instagram. Um, Brian, Brian Vaughan texted me on Sunday night and said, Bo got the listeners and Bo got the results. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back again next week. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Shai. Thanks, Giggles. <laughs>